Welcome to ClearCast. It's a ministry of ClearNote Church in Indianapolis, Indiana. ClearNote, we're located on 10th Street, just a little bit east of Raceway Road. Um, and we just wanted to take a minute and introduce ourselves and uh, you can learn a little bit about us, who we are, what we're, what we're doing. Um, so I'll start. I'm your host, Tim Dukeman. Um, I uh, have a, a background in theology in that I did half of, sem- uh, half of a seminary degree at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville before eventually stopping that because the seminary had changed directions away from uh, biblical faithfulness. Um, and so um, now I'm just a member here at Queer Note, and uh, I'll let my producer, Martin, tell us a little bit about himself. All right. Well, I'm, uh, my name is Martin. I grew up in central Indiana. I spent some time um, traveling and preaching, and then I, I worked as a pastor in Chicago for six years. Um, during that time, I, I started looking at church membership and pastoral care and some of the uh, issues of doctrine and theology and became convinced of Reformed ecclesiology and, and in that process started looking for a church. <laughs> As I moved back down into Indiana and started looking for a church, and I found Evangel Presbytery, and um, from there, um, walked in the doors of Clear Note. And my wife and I joined the church uh, last year, um, about May, I think, and that's kind of my story. I've got four kids, uh, eight, seven, five, and getting ready to turn three. Actually, my oldest is getting ready to turn nine, so a boy and my oldest boy and three girls and another one on the way. Yeah. Yeah. And I am Dave or pastor Dave or a few other things that the people around here call me. Um, I'm the, one of the founding pastors of clear note church. We started the church about 13 years ago, just a little more than that. Uh, planted the church with, uh, Joseph Bailey, who is now pastor of Christ church over in Cincinnati, Ohio. And, have been the senior pastor for about nine years now. Um, I wanted to tell you guys a little bit about who I am and why we're doing this podcast. Um, I grew up outside of Chicago in the suburbs, and I grew up an only child uh, with no father and outside of the church entirely. Uh, The first time I set foot in church was in my early 20s, and that was through a long, there's a long story behind how I ended up in church. The short version is uh, I met my wife, Vanessa, who gave me a Bible. And as I read it, I started to read it. I realized it didn't make any sense to me. And while I'd never been in the church, I'd also not been um, poisoned against the church or against religion. I really had grown up not knowing the difference between major world religions, what they believed, what their whole, even what their holy books were. Mm-hmm. And so I remember uh, early on um, in reading the Bible, I didn't know um, the difference between the Jewish faith and the Christian faith or what their holy books were. I knew there was something called the Old Testament and the New Testament, but I didn't know who those books belonged to or if there was overlap or, or what. So really, I didn't know anything about the Bible. And as I started to read Matthew and Mark, <clears throat> I realized that there's this this man, Jesus, the Son of God, uh, and these were the accounts or biographies of his life. And I read Matthew in a few days, and then I 
Then I read Mark and I looked at this copy of the New Testament that I had and I thought, how many copies of the same story do these people need? <laughs> and so that's how I, uh, how I started going to church. I thought, this stuff doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand. Um, and so I started going to church. Uh, I guess that would have been back in 2004. 2004. Yeah, I think 2004. Um, and so I was a young man, had never been, um, exposed to the gospel or the truth or anything. I started out in a, in a mega church, um, big church, 13 services a weekend that one of my coworkers went to. And, uh, I ended up going there for about a year or so. Um, but shortly after that, uh, or shortly before, well, shortly I went there for about a year and then, um, I ended up moving down to Bloomington, Indiana. There's a um, more of the story there we'll get to in a minute. But um, I remember that when I met my wife, Vanessa, that she was uh, she was different. Something was different about her and something was attractive and something was beautiful about her that I didn't I couldn't put my finger on. I didn't know what it was. Uh, she wasn't like the, the girls or the women that I was used to interacting with. Um, and so after, not long after we met, she'd given me a Bible. She said, if I give you a Bible, will you read it? And I said, yeah, sure. Um, and that's how I ended up, you know, getting a Bible, my first Bible and going to church was her giving me one. Um, I often tell people that the way we ended up doing things is, is never advisable. So you're not in favor of missionary dating? <laughs> no, I don't think missionary dating or evangelistic dating is, uh, is a good thing. Paul warned us and in first Corinthians 15, not to be deceived that the bad company corrupts good morals. And while by the world standards at that time, I probably wasn't considered bad company. Certainly by Christian standards, I was bad company. Mm -hmm. And so, um, however, you know, what can you say? I'm glad the way God worked it out in our lives. Um, having been a pastor now for over a decade, um, my observation is that we're an anomaly that what happened for us is not what normally happens. It's almost never what happens. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, there was some level of evangelistic dating and that's how I started going to church. Um, and I really didn't have a clue. I was, I would say I was just, you know, virgin soil, if you will. <laughs> I had a lot of questions, but I was not inoculated against the truth. Um, my mom grew up Catholic but, um, I should say she grew up in a Catholic home. I don't know that she would ever say she was Catholic. Um, but as soon as she was able, she got out of the house and shed all of those expectations or whatever. Um, and then she had me when she was in 30, 31. Um, and she had married a guy who was, uh, Palestinian. And they had agreed that if, uh, that my mom would marry him so that he could become a citizen and be able to move, uh, here to the, to the States. And then they would divorce and, um, he would be able to bring his wife and his, uh, children at the time, previous children, he had four daughters hmm. that he'd be able to bring them over here. So the whole plan was just for him to be able to, to immigrate to the U S from Israel. And then my mom got pregnant and that was a monkey wrench, um, my dad um, did not want another child, um, never pressured my mom to 
have an abortion as far as I know. He was a Muslim. And yet within a few months of me being born, once he found out that I was a boy, not a girl, um, somehow he communicated to my mom that he was going to take me and go back to Israel with me. And so my mom, that's when he and my mom split. And um, hmm. basically he went, he ended up going back to Israel, remarrying his former wife and having uh, six more children. So I'm an only child, but I have 10 half siblings on my dad's side. Um, I actually have one on my mom's side as well, but I've only ever met uh, the two boys, my father's other two sons. I've never met any of the other uh, half siblings in person. Um, and my mom never remarried. And so I grew up uh, in a house where we, my mom worked two full-time jobs basically until I could contribute financially mm-hmm. around 14. I, you know, I'd had a paper out earlier than that, but when I turned 14, I, yep. I, uh, you could get a summer job and stuff. And so we grew up, I think you'd, I think it'd be fair to say we grew up poor. Um, and spent a lot of time alone, um, you know, with mom working two jobs. Whenever she was home, she was sleeping. <clears throat> and so really I was raised by, uh, the internet wasn't really a thing then. Mm. I was sort of raised by the TV, by pop culture, by rap music, um, by coaches. Uh, I was a, played sports through high school. Um, and so I think in a lot of ways I was just a very normal uh did you have any exposure to the gospel when you were in high school? Yeah, I know. I mean, I knew a few kids whose names were Christian, but <laughs> as far as anybody coming to me and saying, telling me the gospel, no. But in high school, I was, I mean, <laughs> it's sad to say, but there, there are people that Christians say, yeah, I'm not going to go talk to that guy. And I certainly would have been in that camp. Like I was big, I was pushy, mm-hmm. I was aggressive. Um, well, some things never change. No. <laughs> come on now, come on now. <laughs> But I would not have been the kind of guy. I was. I wouldn't have thought. I wouldn't have said that I was necessarily mean to to Christians or wasn't hostile toward them. I didn't know anything about them. But um, I can see how I would have been intimidating um, even then mm-hmm. to kids uh, my age. And so, no. I mean, I never had never been in a church. I think my mom dropped me off at a VBS one time because one of her friends was taking her kids there for like free daycare. Oh, and so I might have gone to a VBS when I was a little kid for a few days, but. <laughs> I don't remember anything <laughs> at all about that. Um, hmm. But yeah, I got out of high school. I, you know, I graduated high school. I thought I might go to college. I decided not to. Um, I got a job uh, as a tree trimmer and supposed to be a summer job. It turned into a job. I worked there for five years until I, hmm. until I moved away from Chicagoland. Um, and it was toward the end of that, about a year before I moved, that I became a Christian. I'd met Vanessa. Um, in those intervening years, um, I spent... My life, my life was marked by working a ton. I probably worked 55, 60 hours a week. I'd go to the gym two or three hours a day, and I developed quite a um, pool-playing-slash-gambling habit. <laughs> and so that was what I spent my time doing, hmm. um, was working, working out, and gambling, playing pool. Um, I actually met my wife at the pool hall. <laughs> and so... Um, <laughs> There's a fun story there about how we met, but, um, toward the end of that, uh, us meeting, she gave me the Bible and I read it and started going to church and it was really strange. I'd never met people like that before who were, they were just different. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really refreshing. There was something attractive about it. I mean, we can all talk about churches and what's good and what's bad and what's, um, we should be striving for, but they re- really was as a whole, 
a different place than I'd ever, you know, a different group of people than I'd ever been around. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was attractive to me. There was, there was something that I, it was clear there was something, these people had something I didn't have. Um, anyway, um, <clears throat> when I met my wife, she was finishing up her, uh, her undergraduate degree out in Southern California at Biola University. And then she was applying for grad school. Uh, she applied at a couple of different schools. She ended up agreeing um, or going to uh, Indiana University to study music to get her master's and uh, music education. And so that made her a lot closer to me being in Chicagoland. When she was in California, it was, you know, it's quite a drive. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when she was in um, Bloomington, Indiana, then she was closer. And so I would go down and visit her once or twice a month um, that first semester she was in school, uh, I had just become a Christian. And one of the things that was really shocking was I was going to this mega church up in Chicago. And then I go to this little church that, uh, I said little, it was 200 and some people, but, uh, little by comparison, right. You know, I go to this, this, this church down in Bloomington and I'm like, this was so different. Like these people are not the same kind of people. Like they, everything is different. The people, the people are still sweet. The people are still friendly, but these people, are involved in each other's lives. They, uh, they love the word of God. The preaching was completely different. Everything was just like weird. And if, and it was like, how was the preaching different? Uh, it was, uh, I remember when I went to the mega church, I, I remember thinking, I wrote a letter one time and I wrote that every time I go there, I always feel so good when I leave. Like I always felt so affirmed. It seemed like it was almost the point mm-hmm. was that I was supposed to leave feeling affirmed. And I was never confronted with my, with my own sins, not even obliquely, I would say. Maybe I was just hard-hearted or blind and didn't feel it yet. You know, I don't want to place all the blame on them, but I never, I never felt like anyone put a, a, you know, a hurdle for me to get over or have to process. I just came away feeling affirmed, whether I, was a, you know, whether I was a Christian or not, just didn't seem to matter. Whereas when I was in Bloomington, I was confronted with what sin was really for the first time. And that I was a sinner and that that was actually, the, it was a category that I did never had in my life. Like you grew up in the world. It's like, well, everyone's good people and they have good intentions. Sometimes they do really bad or foolish things. We're not sure why. Maybe it's because they have a lack of education. Seems to be a, a pretty good. Or a mental illness. Or a mental illness. Yeah. And, and there, and obviously education and mental illness have, uh, so they belong somewhere in the conversation, but not everywhere all the time. Mm. And so I got this new category of like, you're actually a, you're not a good person. You actually, there's an explanation for why you do these bad things that you know are bad and that don't make you happy. And you've recognized they don't make you happy, but you still seem to, you can't get away from them. And here's why, um, you know, the scripture says that we're, we're slaves to sin. We're sold into sin, bondage into sin. And I'm like, yeah, that, that makes more sense than all this other stuff. Like, um, and so that was, uh, it's weird. I want what I what it was was it was refreshing. It was like oh, finally people who are honest, people who will like tell me about myself and about my own weaknesses, and it's something that that resonates with me. It's not what I hope is true about me. It's what I've found to be true about me, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, and that there's hope for people who who recognize that. That was probably the biggest difference. Um, you know, when I showed up, I remember the pastor of that church just not having a clue what to do with me because here's this, this young lady who plays the viola, who's petite, who's quiet, who's very sweet. 
<laughs> and she's brought in this man who is 6'2", who's at the time was coming out of bodybuilding, who had bleached hair, who had a bunch of earrings, seven earrings, had a tongue ring, has tattoos. And they're sitting together at the front of the church. And, and I remember him telling me later, he's just like, I didn't know what in the world to make out of you. You sat there with your <laughs> arms crossed with a poker face, absolutely no expression. This is him describing me. And it's like, and there's this sweet girl and there's this, this, what, I don't know what to call him, a man, a boy, a something <laughs> with all these muscles and tattoos and piercings and all this stuff, but he keeps coming. And, um, really, I mean, that was his perception. My perception was I was just like a dry sponge, just soaking up every bit of the, mm. you know, the water that was being, was being offered. Um, and so that was really um meaningful in my life i became a christian before i moved to bloomington but i you know, I've, I've talked to so many people about their their christian experience in their life and and it's like they spent so much of their growing up years even if they grew up in the church with with bad teaching without being confronted about their sins without being um really even taught the bible or to believe the bible um and I never had any of that. I mean, within a few months of, of coming to faith, I was in a church that, that loved the word of God, that honored the word of God, that taught the whole counsel of God and wasn't afraid to confront you with your own sins personally. Mm -hmm. And that can be really scary. And for a lot of, and a lot of times it's, it's, uh, it ends up being offensive mm -hmm. to the, to the people, but not to everybody. And it wasn't to me. And so, um, I remember one time uh, when I still lived in Chicago, I was down visiting and I wanted to marry Vanessa. Now I'd never seen a marriage and mm -hmm. I was a brand new Christian. I have no idea. So I don't even know what marriage is. I've not even seen a bad one, you know, so my mom never remarried, but I'm like, I think I want to marry this girl. And, but I don't have a clue what that means. And so we went and met with the pastor and his wife. And one of the things he said to me that was most helpful to me, I mean, everyone was crying. Everyone was crying a ton, except for him. His wife was crying. I was crying. My Vanessa was crying. It was just a very painful conversation. Mm -hmm. But one of the things he said to me was, if she was my daughter, I would not let you near her, whether <laughs> you're a Christian or not, just based on the, the, your history of, of, of with women, I would not let you near her. Because you just have, in your wake, is just a, a, a long line of, of destruction where you've taken advantage of and harmed other people for your own, your own benefit. And that was, I mean, obviously that hurt. Yeah. Obviously that was sad. We went, we went into the counseling meeting, like asking me, asking like, what do we need to do to move towards marriage? And we came out of the meeting being told, you guys need to break up. <laughs> like this relationship is a mess. Hmm. And they were right. And I still lived in Chicago, so I've got to get back in my car and drive back up to Chicago. And we ended up breaking up. <laughs> I don't remember if it was the next day or a few days. I do remember it was Valentine's Day. Mm. <laughs> I, called, I called Vanessa on Valentine's Day. So we're going to talk in a few days. So I called her on Valentine's Day, and we broke up. And it wasn't like a, we're going to break up and be friends. This was before the social media. I mean, this was when everyone thought AOL was the thing. Okay. You know, we're wow. old, we're old, Tim, Yes, <laughs> all of 41. And, uh, we just, we, when we hung up that phone call, it was both of our understanding, though it was very painful that we would never speak again. 
Wow. wow. And then, the, and, and, and it's like, she had some of my stuff and I had stuff from of hers. And it's like, well, what are you doing? And you're like, well, I guess I just don't have that stuff anymore. <laughs> and, uh, but then there's this question. I had also agreed before we'd broken up to go on a trip with a man down in Bloomington, um, Bob Kaplowitz, who's since gone to be with the Lord. Oh. I had, I would stay at his house when I'd come down to visit her and I'd agreed to go on a spring break trip with him to Florida. And Vanessa was supposed to come with us, with me and we were supposed to go with another couple and with Bob. Well, obviously Vanessa didn't come on the trip. The question was, am I still going to go? So I, I drive down from Chicago, go on this trip with, with Bob and on that. And, and everyone on, everyone knew that this was sort of like a feel it out to, if, to see if I'd want to move in with him to move down to Bloomington. <coughs> And during that trip, I agreed to move to Bloomington. So here I am. I've just, I'm in the, I'm just very raw from this breakup. It's like two weeks old. Hmm. And I'm back down in Bloomington, then going to Florida with this man and deciding to move to Bloomington where Vanessa's at. At least we had the benefit of distance to like help us heal. Yeah. And now I'm facing like, am I going to move to Bloomington? And I agreed to move to Bloomington. And when people ask me now, they're like, well, why'd you move to Bloomington? And I say, it wasn't for Vanessa. Not primarily. I mean, obviously, I, you know, she's my wife now, but at that time, it was clear to me that I had to let go of that relationship. And really, the reason I wanted to move to Bloomington was because it was the first time I'd ever had anybody care enough about me mm-hmm. to tell me the truth. And it's been, you know, I've, I've been a pastor now for 13 years, a Christian for, for longer. And the stories I hear of what, of how people's, how their pastors uh, refuse to do that or are scared to do that or don't know how to do that is really, it's unsettling. Cause I look at my own life and, and, you know, we could be good reformed folk and, and speak with perfect approved language. But the way I feel is that if, if, if I hadn't had someone be that honest with me, I don't think I would have become a Christian. Mm-hmm. If I'd stayed in that mega church, I don't think my life ever would have changed. Yeah. Wow. Because nobody had anything to say to me about going into downtown Chicago into Wrigleyville and partying on the weekends. Like no one cared if you lived with your girlfriend. No one cared if you were fornicating. No one cared about anything. They didn't care. I remember being in a small group and no one cared that like it was a singles group. And basically what it meant was all of the, um, it was just a big dating pool. It was just mm. a cesspool. It was like we dated and we broke up, but we yeah. weren't pure while we dated. And now we're still in this group and it's awkward and we're dating someone else and and nobody had anything to say about it. Um, that certainly wasn't calling me to the to the truth. And so, right. um, but that experience in Bloomington did change your life. You and Vanessa married, and now you have how many kids? Yeah. So yeah, Vanessa and I. Yeah, we. I did, so I did move to Bloomington. Um, we we were broken up for about seven months. We got back together, dated for about eight weeks, and then we're engaged for six months. Got married and. Um, got married back in 2006. Uh, now we're, um, we've been married uh, a little over 17 years. We've got 10 kids <laughs> and an 11th on the way. I almost said we've got 11. We don't have 11 yet. Go I was on. thinking, I was thinking you had 11 for a second. Actually. No, unless I'm really <laughs> miscounting. We have 10 kids and, uh, yep. and, uh, a baby coming in, uh, January of next year. So we're excited okay. about that. So yeah, life is really different. I mean, I grew up an only child outside of a Christian home you know, with no exposure to that. Now I'm married. I've got 11 kids. Uh, I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. So it's been this really, you know, 
I mean, I don't want to say it was Saul to Paul, but yeah, these type of, it was a dramatic change. My right. life is, Vanessa's, I always tell, I often tell people, Vanessa's the only person who ever knew me before I was a Christian that I'm really still in meaningful contact with today. She's the only guy who knew me before Christ and wow. that I'm still involved with or have close relationships with. I may still have some friends, but yeah. most guys are loners and I didn't have a whole lot of close friends. You know, the guys at the pool hall and I somehow didn't seem to, you know, build a real strong bond. <laughs> Right. So, um, but now I've got a family and a, a, you know, wife and children family, a church family, uh, mothers and fathers in the faith, all the things that I lacked uh, growing up. And that's the kindness of God to me. And so I remember when I became a Christian and the transformation in my life, I thought, I want to tell other people about this. Like, if I can save them some trouble, mm -hmm. I've gone through a lot of trouble. Like, this is, doesn't tell all the, you know, these are the highlights, not the lowlights of, of my life. Yeah. Um, God so in a way, a lot. so in a way, this podcast is about trying to talk to the at least maybe some of the people that you were at 21 years old. We titled yeah. the first season "Things I Wish Somebody Had Told Me When I Was in My 20s." Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. maybe we'll cover some of the stuff and dig into some of the things you talked about. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's that's Pastor Dave. It's Tim. Yeah. Yeah. That's Martin. Me. That's our story. Yeah. Yeah. So I realized I forgot to include this but i do also have four kids in one of the way so uh yeah so right now all of our wives are expecting <laughs> right when is when is uh carrington uh, due yeah so she's due at the beginning of february okay yeah we're right at the end of january so oh wow. we're, okay we're november and the baby will probably come early so i'm i'm at i'm we're in the lead right now there yeah. you go <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. martin will be winning for a few months now